Welcome to the Musings of Our Hearts, a Jesus Youth podcast on the lives of saints. Hello everyone, welcome back. Uh, today we have a wonderful saint, a priest, a holy priest, and we just pray that we have more holy priests like him. And so let's start reflecting and especially ask for his intercession um, that we can have a witness of of people like him, of priests like him in our lives today. So it's St. John Baptist de Rossi. St. John was born in Genova, Italy. He went to study in Rome and lived a very austere life, life of penances and sacrifice and mortifications. But because of this, he also became sick and really struggled with poor health all of his life. So he learned that the best mortification is to accept the sufferings and the work of every day, doing well in each moment what one must do, and to have patience with the people and bothers of life. And I really love that. I think the saints, a lot of them have always started off with a certain, uh, you know, profound desire, and they really take it upon themselves. They do it their way. And then the Lord slowly encourages them saying, yes, no, your desire Mm. is good. But I've already, you know, there are little things in your life that you, you must struggle through. So Receive this with love and do this with love and patience. And this is the best sacrifice. And in your loving uh, acceptance of of these little moments, you know, that's where uh, I'm so I'm so mm-hmm. pleased. Um, he really wanted to be a priest, though, and uh, but his epilepsy hindered him. Nevertheless, he worked very hard and was given a dispensation. And finally, being ordained a priest in 1721. Uh, his life was all all for the poor. He poured himself out to everyone. He took care of the poor. He took care of um, prisoners. He ministered to many, many, many needed, uh, needy people. And then uh, he started confessions. And now the way he actually started, initially he was afraid that hearing confessions would um, uh, bring on an epileptic attack. But or like during during the confessions, but one day a bishop, a holy bishop, asked him to dedicate himself to hearing confessions in the diocese, and that's when he discovered that this is what God had destined him to do. So, upon returning to Rome, he told one of his friends, "Before I was asking myself what would be the path for me to achieve heaven and save many souls." I have discovered that the help that I can give to those that want to be saved is to hear their confession. The great amount of good that can be done by con- confession is incredible. And so he um, he started hearing confessions in a church that very few people attended. But then after that, many people came to hear confession uh, or he hear, heard many confessions um, and many people were converted. Uh, he was. Also, he was known as the Apostle of the Abandoned and also the second Philip Neri because he was a hunter of souls. And I love that word, that phrase, a hunter of souls. Like there's such intentionality with it. There's such a focus and a drive. And a a hunter is very honed in, is very skillful. And all his skills, even his perception, his, you know, movements, everything is aimed at um, achieving or or kind of tracking and, um, you know, slowly kind of going towards that 
the thing that he is he is hunting finally to I would say attack, but here in the divine attack of of God, it's something much much more profound than we could say an arrow or a bullet. Um, so something that I really love is is zeal for souls. You can see this passion, this fire within him, uh, this zeal that inflamed him, that kindled him, and really moved him to to seek out. Um, to seek out souls and not just seek them out, but also to to uh, draw them into this uh, ocean of mercy through through confession and especially through his um, you know ministry and through his vocation as a priest. And so, a profound life lived through. Um, uh, his vocation, I think, especially. And again, for me, I know the the impact confession and the sacrament of reconciliation has had in my life from my conversion and even now. And I know that the the ocean of mercy that uh, is open up to me through the priest in the sacrament is something that there's nothing, nothing, nothing that I would ever trade it for or ever, you know, um, want anything less than that. So, yeah. You know, these days we hear about so many ordinations and, um, you know, so many new priests uh, are being ordained to their ministry and so many on their way. And we live very close to a seminary. So we are privileged to see so many of these young men who are in formation. Mm -hmm. So my heart beats a little faster when I go there with joy. When I see them, you know, I'm so happy at what they are going to bring into this world. Yeah. So I made it a point like, you know, I pray for them. So, you know, when I re read about this man, I'm like, man, externally, he would seem like an ordinary priest, you know, who came from a very humble beginning. But I could really see the Lord's hand guiding him. That family, you know, a relative family who went to their place on a vacation just spots this guy and brings him to Genoa. From there, some Franciscan priests visited them. They saw him and, you know, they recommended him to their uh, director and who sends him to Rome. There he meets his uncle who was a canon. You know, all of these things are like providential. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, whoever trusts, you know, his family was very poor, but they were very charitable and they just simply trusted God and see how their desire, you know, to serve the Lord is being answered in in through one of their sons. You know, yeah. it's really amazing how the Lord answers our prayers and what we are is because of the prayers of so many people and the good works of our own parents and, you know, so many other people. So. I could see the Lord's hand guiding him. And he even had this disease that would have prevented him from becoming a priest. But there also, you know, the divine providence intervenes yes. and he's made a priest. But he he was scared to hear confession in a secluded place. So but there also, again, divine providence comes in the form of a holy bishop who advises him, strengthens him. And there he finds his vocation. And that was the most powerful way in which he he just administered his priestly duty, like through confessions. And it is said that his confessional was always full. People were waiting. And he even uh, wanted to help one of his friends, you know, were in a parish where not many people used to come. So when he started to hear confessions, then people started to come there and they would bring more penitents. And, you know, that church became so crowded very soon. So 
I'm like, you know, in these days when we see when and when we complain that the churches are becoming empty, what we need is just few people, you know, who would go there and sit there and open this font of mercy. And confessional is a great place where, you know, God really meets the penitent. And, you know, we remember the Leopold Mandic cell when it was hit by World War, you know, the yeah. bombs. That confessional didn't fall apart. So, you know, this, this really shows, you know, what is entrusted with the church. You know, such a great treasure. And that is where, you know, we we go back to our, I would never say original innocence, but, you know, we can become as clean as that. Yeah. And that is a place like, and I'm sure as soon as the churches are opening, there will be, there should be a rush to the confessional. <laughs> Even though we had so many other privileges of confessing directly to God the Father during this time, that also shows like, you know, how Pope was encouraging all of us to go and directly confess to God the Father. Oh my that shows, you know, what really the church exists for. Yeah. To reconcile human beings with God the Father. And that is such a great ministry. And also look at this um, verse that he would encourage his uh, fellow priests with. Ignorance is the leprosy of the soul. You know, how many such lepers exist in the church here in Rome where many people don't even know what's necessary for their salvation. And it must be our business to try to cure this disease. The souls of our neighbors are in our hands. And yet how many are lost through our fault? Oh my, look at that. Then he again, the sick die without being properly prepared because we have not given time or care enough to each particular case. Yet with a little more patience, a little more perseverance, a little more love, we could have led these poor souls to heaven. That shows how much he understood, you know, his priestly ministry and the power vested to them. Yeah. Uh, and I was also reminded of this, you know, uh, Pope Benedict XVI, when, uh, when he wrote to the parish priest of Diocese of Rome in February 18, 2010, uh, he says, The priest enters like Christ into human wretchedness, carries it with him, visits those who are suffering and looks after them not only outwardly, but also inwardly, taking upon himself, recapitulating in himself the passion of his time, of his parish, of the people entrusted to his care. Wow. You know how the priests are invited by Christ to enter into the passion. You know, I, I really like the way Pope puts it. Taking upon himself, recapitulating in himself the passion of his time of his parish, of the people entrusted to his care. Wow. You know, I was praying like, Lord, bless us with so many priests, you know, who will be burning with this seal, like burning with this seal. So, you know, like no, no souls who are entrusted to us should be lost. Yeah. And how we can do it is by, you know, having a, becoming a penitent ourselves and bringing so many souls to him. You know, we, that way we can, uh, uh, exercise our own priestly ministry like you know we we bring to the lord all these souls so that somewhere somehow you know they get converted uh, something very very strange happened today morning you know we we were actually uh, we were friends with the family uh, a few days ago and i was like uh, we were friends for a long time and i lost the contact because my phone broke and 
for the past one one or two weeks you know their picture was coming to my mind and i'm like where are they how are they doing like you know all these things and and tada i got a phone call from that person and i'm like what made her call me in, in the past you know for two or three years i haven't even spoken but then we had a nice talk today morning i'm like lord if i think about a soul and raise that soul to you you can work things like this in my heart uh, so that really prompted me like how much more powerful is our prayers when we lift up souls and entrust them into our lord's hands you know so uh, that was a simple reminder to me today morning while i was meditating on these things like you know how we should become the keeper of our brothers yeah yeah the um the one thing i was also reflecting on is the is the quote by him courage we are not in the world to follow our own will and pleasure but to imitate the lord mm. and i think i like that he starts with courage <laughs> because <laughs> It's yeah. exactly what we need to start with. It's mm-hmm. not easy. It is not easy. And yes, many times we, you know, even I, I look upon the cross and I'll say, but you were God and you know, you knew what you were getting into. And like, you were able mm-hmm. to take on, Lord, I can't even take a little prick, like a little paper cut, or I can't even take on, you know, even just, um, even some, something goes wrong or something doesn't happen according to my way. I can't even do that, oh Lord. And uh, even in his, uh, when, you know, he realized what the best mortification was, he had, he said uh, to have patience mm. with people and mm. the bothers. Yes. Yeah. I said, Lord, there's so many people I get so irritated with. I also get mm-hmm. irritated with myself and frustrated. Lord, how, what, I, I am all, and then I just, my mind, you know, just disperses all over the place. And I think about every single thing and then I forget about the Lord. And then even then I'm also going back to, oh no, I want things this way. I want things this way. So something mm-hmm. Sindha JJ and I were also discussing before is a homily we heard where the priest was really inviting us like, yes, the Lord, you know, we have desires in our hearts and we, we ask the Lord to fulfill them. But how often do we say, Lord, like, let me fulfill your desires. I mm. want to fulfill your desires. I want to do what, not just you will, uh, but what are your desires? What do you want, you know, to see happening? Or what do you desire? And most of the time, he'll always say you. I just desire you. Because his sole focus and his, you know, whole being is only for each one of us. But even here, are we also, you know, to to be invited into that, and that's what made Saint John Baptiste uh, Rossi, de Rossi like a, a a hunter of souls too. Is that mm. he was able to see and imitate the Lord, able to see with his eyes, able to, you know, really hear and listen to their souls, and to to seek them out like the Lord seeks us out. And so, courage. We are not in the world to follow our own will mm. and but to imitate the Lord and to imitate him in mm. in all the different ways in that he lived out his life in silence in ministry in um you know sometimes in pain and suffering and sometimes in in that um you know joyful glory of when when people came to him and were converted and so many beautiful stories of like the sinful woman and the um and and the um the uh you know, apostles who were, who, who also joined him, the disciples, uh, uh, and Zacchaeus and all these amazing men and women from all different, uh, walks of life and diverse, you know, situations, all, all 
invited into that um, in relationship with him. And so even for us, like we need to take courage and we need to seek out these souls and invite them into um, into this ocean of mercy, this ocean that's like so big, that's so profound that nothing can drown it out or contain it. I just feel so, um, I feel sometimes I, I get so sad thinking like, oh, what am I doing? I'm not doing anything. I'm not saving souls. I'm not converting. Be patient. They'll be patient. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, that's exactly it. Like to, yes, just be patient first with myself and like, yeah, there's certain mortifications that I have to, you know, lovingly accept in my life. But to do that for the salvation of souls and not to seek out my glory in this world, but to just imitate the Lord. And like we we talked about yesterday, too, to close my eyes to this world and open my eyes to mm. the Lord. Mm. Yeah, you know, the patience is something that, you know, really stayed with me, too, uh, that he's asking for, like, you know, a little bit more patience, a little bit more perseverance, a little bit more love. You know, he's just asking us to just to push a little bit more. And yeah. there is a beautiful story uh, that, you know, he, he used to visit the sick. So he would do he wouldn't start preaching immediately. He would try to alleviate that suffering a little bit to make them comfortable. Then only he will start to share about God. So one day, one while he was in a hospice, like, you know, looking at these patients and one man who had syphilis, he had such shame, like he has yeah. syphilis. So he was avoiding father, uh, Rosie, but he would go and he was just waiting for an opportunity to help him. And finally, he needed a bedpan. And, you know, for syphilis people, that's <laughs> something everybody will see what's there. So. Yeah, as a doctor, I know how hard it will be for him. But he helped him and that made this man, that literally, that kind gesture opened his heart to God's love and yeah. he confessed before, you know, he, he died. So, you know, that is what patience, that is what patience will achieve. We'll be like, okay, this guy, he don't want me. Okay, I'm going to somebody else. But this man knew how every soul was important and how he patiently went after these souls you know i'm sure like if somebody would have written his day-to-day -day stories there would have been volumes written some many many stories like this but like every other saint you know their activities are hidden but this aroma will continue to spread so you know today as we are thinking about a great priest you know let us ask the lord for us to have you know to raise up many many priests like this uh, who will have a heart for the Lord and yeah. for his people. And there is a beautiful prayer that Pope Benedict the Sixteenth uh, uh, prayed with Mary when he visited Fatima in 2010 during this May time. Uh, so we'll pray with Pope Benedict that prayer. With our Pope Benedict Sixteen, let us ask Mary, the Immaculate Mother, that the church be thus renewed by priests who are holy, priests transfigured by the grace of Christ, who makes all things new. And let us often repeat the invocation, Lord, give us praise. Lord, give us holy praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. <laughs>